This is Living in the And, a safe space to process faith, God, and religion. Even though our conversations may challenge you and the perception of church, our goal is to get back to the simplicity and beauty of faith and community. Hey everyone, welcome back. Happy New Year. Uh, It's Brittany and Megan again, and today we're going to talk about church hurt. But before we do, if you haven't listened to any of our previous episodes, we would love for you to give them a listen. Our last episode was called A Little Woo Woo, A Little Jesus, and we talk about what faith and spirituality look like outside of the box and outside of the norm that we see with going to church on Sunday and things like that. So, If you haven't listened to previous episodes, we'd love to have you give them a listen and um, let us know what you think about them too. Give us a review or a like or a subscribe. Um, But today we're going to get kind of serious and talk about church hurts. Um, We're going to share a little bit of personal stories and some things that touched us. It's not going to all be Debbie Downer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Hurt, being vulnerable. Sometimes I think it can feel Debbie Downer, but sometimes I think it can be freeing. Yes. You know, just to talk about it openly in a safe space. And um, that's one of the awesome things about our relationship is that for so many years, we have created such a safe space um, to just have genuine, authentic conversation without judgment and freedom. And we jump around a lot. We laugh. It's serious. It's painful. It's kind of everything in between. And I think this podcast is just an open invitation to people to our safe space. Um, And yeah, would definitely welcome interaction on our other episodes. And Megan has started an Instagram page for us as well. So check that out. We'll tag that in the notes. And we're going to start interacting more on our personal Instagrams for our podcast Instagram. Yes, and I'll, I'll tag all of our handles for Instagram on that. Um, and then once, if we get a website, we'll put that in there too. But um, okay, personal stories. Gosh, where to begin? Where Yours to begin? Big, so here we go. I don't feel like it's big, but maybe it is. <laughs> I guess I say big because it's been a journey of it has been a journey. What, two to three years. I would say it goes back five years. Okay. Yeah, I would say it goes back to five years. I think I felt a prompting... I mean, time is kind of in a warp for me since the whole shutdown of life. Mm -hmm. Um, But a couple years before the world shut down, Scott and I were feeling an inkling that where we were at church-wise was not where we were supposed to stay. It was time to make a move, and there was nothing that happened to to propel us. defining Years ago, so I will give a little background. Years ago, um, and a lot of people probably don't know this because this was so long ago, where Scott and I got married, we went to church there. It was a small church, a small Mm -hmm. Baptist church in California, and got married, and the pastor and his father founded the church. Both went to prison. I don't know if I ever did. I, uh, tell you I actually don't have never heard this story in fourteen years. <laughs> that is years. so funny. I've never okay, told this. This is okay for me too. Yay! Okay, not yay, but yay. But yay. Okay, so the the church was attached to a small private school, so it was both running um, in tandem with one another, and they were siphoning money from the private school into their own pockets. So they were basically stealing finances. Mm-hmm from the the school. And I don't remember how. Um, And there were some affairs in there with the father, not the son. Um, They were both, I mean, the father was in his 60s or 70s, probably his 60s at the time. And then um, the pastor who married us, who was actually the head pastor at the time, uh, was probably in his late 40s. Um, So yeah, they got caught. The youth pastor at the time caught them. Um, 
in the act of the affair. And then that just snowballed into finding out about their, um, the financial aspect Mm -hmm. of it. And they both went to prison. Um, I still am, I wouldn't say friends with were, were, uh, social media acquaintances with the pastor. He had a total transition and awakening in prison. He ended up getting cancer, got healed, ended up starting a ministry there, totally admitted his fault, all the things. Wow. But it was an interesting time. Scott and I were newly married. I want to say I was pregnant with Jackson at the time, my oldest. Um, and so, and there, it was kind of an older generation of church, but there was uh, us and then another young family whom you know. And so we moved to a different church, didn't feel like home. And we left the, the church that we were at because there was so much chatter going on mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, they spent all our tithing. And, you know, everyone was experiencing their own church hurt and going mm-hmm. through the process of trying to figure out what do I do with this? You know, this yeah. person that we trusted betrayed us. What do I do with it? And for us, it was too much. Their processing was too much for us. So we had to step away. So we stepped away for a while. And then a new pastor came along at the, that church and we came back before we moved to Texas. Um, so we, you know, we really didn't feel like we were betrayed. We felt um, released from it at that time because we did what we were supposed to do financially. And we knew that God had to deal with what he needed to deal with on the other side. So we didn't feel like, I mean, yes, it was wrong and it was shocking and all that, but I didn't feel a personal attack. I didn't feel personally attacked. Does that make sense? I had that like release of, we did what was right with our finances. That's on that person. And you know, they're going to be held accountable. And they were. And they admitted fault and all of that. They took responsibility. So I don't really feel like there was church hurt there um, or anything like that. I also think I was very young and naive. I was 26, 27. So the awareness of it is probably, I probably had a lack of awareness and maturity. I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. So fast forward to being in Texas in the church that we're at where we felt this, this feeling to move. Um, how long were you guys there and actively serving Mm -hmm, here Um, in Texas? So total at that church, we were there for a good 12 to 13 years. That's a really yeah. long season. Yeah, I mean, we had two kids. Super involved. Yeah, so we had our oldest. He was about two when we started. He's 16 now, and we've been out about a year mm-hmm. um, or so. Probably two years two. now because mm-hmm. he's going on 17. Um, so he was two when we started, and then we had Grady and Wyatt, had them dedicated, did all that, served, um, had a life group, very led Bible studies, ministry. very, very involved, uh-huh. very, very involved. You and dedicated it wasn't, a lot of time. Oh, yeah. I mean, really, when I wasn't, I was there more than I wasn't yeah, for a long time, for sure. right? In various capacities, VBS, um, women's ministries, like you said, things like that. Mm-hmm. And it was all a phenomenal experience. I never, and this is where I think we get, um, we don't allow ourselves to feel church hurt because it's not something outward. And we'll talk a little bit about a podcast that we listen to together because it's not outward. Right. It's not this like identifiable hurt because nothing really was wrong. We just knew it was time to go. And it wasn't a difference in opinion or um, nobody did anything to us. It just, we felt like we were flatlined in our faith. Mm -hmm. We weren't growing. Mm -hmm. And then this was before the world shut down. Then Mm -hmm. the world shut down and we were like, well, now what do you do? You Mm -hmm. just kind of watch it online. 
and had a lot of conversations like I'm sure everybody did in their house at that time. What does faith look like? What does life look like now? You know, we, our worlds just got rocked. And we tried to go back and we were like, hmm, this just isn't it. This just isn't it. And there was a situation. Um, gosh, I don't know if I feel like I should share that situation, that conversation I had. Yeah, I think because um, it's my there's two sides to the story. I guess I can tell my perspective. Yeah. You know what story I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that the important things about it are uh, the perception people had of you as you were. That's a good way to go. Okay. So there was a, there was a difference in opinion on how things should, should happen. Um, and how things should be shared. And yes. And how things should be shared on social media. So what it looked like after the world started opening up, what church should look like, and do you share your opinion of that on social media as someone who is in leadership and serving in a certain capacity in church? So I am one not to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Sometimes I say same, things same. that maybe people don't want to hear or whatever, but I felt mm-hmm. like kind of like this podcast, it needed to be said and it needed to be shared. And it was something I had talked to my husband about. And there was a difference in opinion on how that should be handled. At the time I wasn't leaning or serving. And so there wasn't this accountability to that wing of church. Right. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't saying anything bad about anybody. No, names were never mentioned. No, 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 no. It was a generalization, um, but it was a difference in opinion on how the church should proceed after everything started opening up. Totally. And closure. I think we both yeah. really spoke a lot about of how we felt about church closure. Yeah. You know, and, during... and lack of access that people yeah. needed. They yeah. really needed that access to comfort and spirituality. So, anyways, with that being said, I think when Scott and I decided to leave. Um, I think there was an assumption that I left because of that. And there was never an outreach of conversation after there was just a fine full stop. She left. Okay. We'll have nothing to do with her anymore. Right. And when we left, I didn't think about it, but gosh, I would say six months to a year later, I was like, crap, that hurt. Yeah. (laughs) If I'm being honest, like I had these relationships with people and I thought we had friendships. I mean, this was years and years and years of time together. Yeah. And not to say that we were best friends and that we were hanging out all the time, but uh, we had a friendship and relation. Be like you and I not talking, yeah. even though we hang out in, in not in like bestie type right. situations. Right. It would be weird if we stopped talking and like you saw me in public and you didn't acknowledge my existence. Exactly. And that was what happened. And I was like... That hurt, and I didn't re- it didn't hit me until about six months to a year after we left that that hurt was there, and I had to deal with it, and I really had to process it and let it go. Um, and it still kind of hurts because I have seen some people that are at that church, and um, uh, they either ignore me or act very uncomfortable around me. But nobody's called me to say, hey, can we chat about this? Or can we go have a cup of coffee? I'd love to hear your perspective. And I would love to share mine. Um, and I'm sure they have hurt on their side and have assumptions on their side. And so I'm just such a person of bringing it to the table and like purging all of the stuff so we can deal with it rather than this weird avoidance thing. Um so yeah, so that was really hard. It really was. Um, I'm at a good place now. Uh, and I don't hold anybody ransom to my hurt because I think that's something that we do. We hold people ransom to our hurt and you got to let them go. I agree. Um, but yeah, that was a disappointment and a bummer and something I really had to work through. And I think the reason that the pain still feels prickly while you've processed the pain is because 
church ultimately is about relationship. Yeah. And you feel that loss of relationship. Mm -hmm. You don't feel known anymore. You feel hidden in your shame of like, wait, did I do something wrong? You're making me feel like I did something wrong because you're not acknowledging me. Yeah. It's almost like you're being completely deleted from the existence for an opinion. Yeah. And that's where church gets so painful. Um, I identify with this huge being a hairstylist because people, you know, after 10, 15 years will just suddenly stop going to you. Right. And you're kind of like, hey, text me and let me know why. Like you think you're in a relationship with somebody. Mm -hmm. It's okay if you didn't like what I did anymore. It's okay if you didn't think what I was doing was good for your hair or whatever, but it's that mystery, you know? And I think because you and I are both so relational, if I see a client from 15 years ago, I know you. Right. I know your name. Yeah. I know your face. And I remember everything about you. Yeah. And I know your kids. And <laughs> I know. Literally. Yeah. And I think you, you so hit the nail. pretending that. Yes. There was never an existence of relationship. Yes. And you hit the nail on the head is I think what we don't realize as believers and church attenders is how relational church is. Yes. And that, and we're going to do it. We talked this through before we came on here about identity. And so it was, it was a, who am I, you know, like finding myself again and finding confidence in myself outside of this structure that I felt like I had to have in order to have confidence. Does that make sense? Totally. And then I have these people that don't want to talk to me anymore and that'll deplete your confidence in a heartbeat, Yeah. you know? And so I didn't realize how much it hurt until... Yeah, I, I just was on a walk and it was an awakening. I'm like, you know what? That really hurt. And I think I was listening to the Mars Hill podcast that we're yes. gonna maybe allude to a little bit in this in this podcast. Um, was yeah, wow, that that is hurtful. And so if you are listening and you are in and you see someone leave, reach I think the important thing is is that we people need you to reach out. They yeah. need to show that you care, even if you disagree with what they did or how they did it. There's this element of care that we have to bring back. And I think what happens in a lot of churches is they're so busy. These leaders are so busy. They're at meetings all the time and Mm -hmm. there's so much to produce on... On a, on a weekend or even during a week with all the classes and things that they have, that they don't have time to do the care aspect of ministry. Yeah. I think that's something we lack in the United States and a lot of our churches yeah, because we've just made it into a system and a function and um, classes and Bible studies and events, and there's no time for that personal connection. And so when someone leaves, they're gone. You, you can't care for that person anymore because they're gone. Yeah. You can only care for the people that are in your church. Yeah, exactly. And they don't realize the um, the damage that does to those that leave. And I've ne- like I said, I haven't held them hostage in my hurt. Um, if I saw them, I'd say hello. Like I have no animosity towards any of them. Um, but it did hurt. Yeah, I think what... I see a shift happening in our world, I would say, from, you know, COVID, politics. We had such a huge shift in politics. And for a very long time, I felt like we have lived very black and white. You're very Republican. Mm -hmm. You're very Democrat. You're very religious or you're not. And I am hopeful and have seen, maybe it's just in my relationships I've been blessed with this, but um, I think as people were moving towards a spirit of curiosity, Mm -hmm. you know, um, towards ourselves, towards others. And so 
I have been blessed to see a little bit of it happen with people that have left my church. Right. Just from a very removed surface, um, I watched somebody, our pastors, actually comment on Facebook to a status of another girl. And it might not have been something that they agreed with, but I watched them very lovingly lean in and say, congratulations, happy for you. And I think that when you can approach people with allowing them to be seen, mm-hmm. Through huge. something as small as a comment on their status. Yeah, huge. Whatever that is. Yeah. Like that small thing is enough. And then it had people come to you and approached you with a spirit of curiosity. Mm-hmm. What is this stemming from? Yeah. What made you feel like you wanted to speak out about your heart and your feelings towards shutdown, towards right. church posture, towards a desire for a radical change in church culture? Right. And you were by no means the only one ever speaking right. out on this stuff. Um, or even the simple question of, why did you leave? Yeah. Why don't we see you anymore? Right. Even without like the, the conviction of, why did you leave? Right. But why, I really miss you. Why? I miss your presence. Yeah. Why don't I see your smile anymore? Yes. Why don't I get And it doesn't have to come from, this is, this is something to everybody. It doesn't have to come from leadership and it doesn't even have to come from a church situation. In life, when you see Agreed. someone pull back, the the power of saying I'm missing you. What yeah. is some like? What's going on? Yeah, you know, just something just so simple as that. Um, I gosh, it would go miles and miles. Yeah, right. I and totally just taking agree. the time to allow people to feel seen. seen. Yeah, seen. I think that's yeah. I think that's the root of like humanity. You yeah. know, and um, even a curiosity. If you mm-hmm. don't have a heart connection with somebody to say I miss you, right? But somebody with a lesser relationship that you're not super close with to just say. I notice you're not here anymore. Yeah. You know, where are you? Yeah. You know, because sometimes I'm not always empathetic to the the heart part, mm. but I do have curiosity. So good. Why aren't they there anymore? Yeah. You know? And the fact that you noticed I wasn't there makes yeah. me feel so good. Yeah. Right? So you like, held a value. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Not in just your position. Yeah. Because you did uh, step down from... Um, a huge involvement right. of time, of energy, of emotional connection, right. of relationship to not be seen, uh, that's painful. Yeah. I think that's the biggest part of the painful. Yeah. Not having the safety to disagree and still be in relationship with somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, or people having a curiosity on not making assumptions on why we stepped back, but having a curiosity to actually having the, um, respect for us enough to have the curiosity to ask those questions would be great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and so I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of people that are probably more in my position than maybe what you're going to talk about with hurt and power and things Mm -hmm. of that nature. And that was something we discussed before we came on here was, you know, I think so often when we talk about church hurts, we think it's more of the story I originally shared, like this pastor stole money Mm -hmm, and now you mm -hmm. feel attacked Mm -hmm. or a pastor or a leader in your church, um, abused their power in some Mm -hmm. sense or way, or there's the big sexual abuse stuff that's going on. And Mm -hmm. it's easy to get wrapped up in the big moments and the big hurts, but it's these simple daily relational hurts that I think, fester and grow and become something so much larger yeah and then we give they, it attention to right? totally and i think they are little you know wormholes that mm-hmm. kind of can weave into 
our own spiritual journey, how we view God, how we view other friendships, Mm -hmm. and how we view the church as a whole, you know? Yeah. Because relationships are the the depth of everything. Yeah. And I will say, you know, when we go to this other church now, I am not, like before, I'm like, let me volunteer for everything. Yeah. Right? That's just my service is my heart, and I want to be involved and do the things. And now I'm good with being unknown. Yeah. I like going in and I'm unknown. My husband and my kids are unknown. There's no preconceived ideas of who we are and what we are. Yeah. And I like not serving at a church. Yeah. Totally. And I know that sounds horrible, but it feels freeing. Yeah. It really does. And to find other, it's not that I'm not serving in any capacity. I'm just not serving in this structure of church. Yeah, the church entity as a whole, the yeah. building. The- yeah. And I'm sure part of that is rooted in kind of feeling a betrayal of relationship in, in my experience in the past, which is yeah. something that I have to reconcile and deal with. It's not on the other people, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's scars that have to be healed. I just think There's that's wounds, human nature. Yeah. 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 And I think even when we do heal them and we've had peace in our heart, because we're humans and we can feel prickly again in situations. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're not healed. It's that it just, kind of gets pokey again. You just kind of feel it, that, that unease, that, uh, guard up a little bit. I think it's healthy. I I do too. Oh, for sure. I think it's a really healthy behavior. Um, it's humanity and it protects your heart. Yeah. And if I look at when Jesus in the gospels, every relationship he was in was a messy one. And there was a bunch of junk that they, and mess that they had to wrestle through and with. And a lot of it was relational and how people were viewed and valued or not valued. I mean, it's all of these things. So it's not, if we don't recognize it or identify it or even acknowledge it, then we're doing a disservice to those that we're serving within our churches. Yeah, I agree. And I think that is kind of our mission and our heart behind this podcast is like, if our words could help you feel seen, mm-hmm. recognized, and bring uh, something that feels prickly or dark in your heart to the light, say, ah, oh, so glad somebody said that out loud. Right. Uh, I think that's a lot about our natures and why we bond so well is because like, I'm going to say something out loud right now. Here we go. Right. And we give each other <laughs> grace and room yeah. to, to just say it and process it. And it's yeah. been a super big joy. Yeah. And it's very approach. cathartic, you know. So you were talking before you pushed record about some good, healthy um, things that you saw in your church and in your pastors. Yeah. Um, if you want to talk. Yeah, I will. And then, and then I'm going to go back to, I said before we started recording, I don't think I've had any churchers from youth. From young ages, and as you were talking about your pastors, one big one came up. So I'll go back to that. Um, we loved listening to um, the rise and the fall. rise and fall. Thank you yeah. of Mars Hill uh, by Christianity Today. It was a incredible podcast that helped mm-hmm. us process our church hurts, um, behaviors that felt gross mm-hmm. and yucky and painful, and we loved the vulnerability of these people that. 10 years after are still feeling destroyed by this. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, I hear you. I see you. That's valid. Thank you for being honest about your pain. And this was a situation that was a severe abuse of power. Yes. Um, And then after the recording of the podcast, multiple people, and they've extended it, come back on and said um, something simple as you using my song in the, uh, related to that pastor's voice Mm -hmm. has crippled my relationship with my art and my song. 
And they have now gone back and removed that. Yeah. Like, I feel like Christianity Today and um, Mike Casper, Cosper. Yes. Um, that was the host of the that podcast. That was the host of the podcast. Had such beautiful, gentle, authentic hearts to say, I'm so sorry. And I never wasn't even that, considered that. There was a that. couple of times that they had to come on and apologize. I yeah, forget. Multiple. Yes. So the, the producers of the podcast, Christianity Today and the host, had to come on and apologize as they were working through the pain that people felt from the abuse of power of Mark Driscoll. Um, and you can Google it. You can listen to The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Um, it... It is wow. It's a lot. It is. But it the is. fact that they held themselves accountable, uh-huh. that they came out and apologized for it, um, to me that that was healing. Oh, because it 100. was whether it was so healing to hear someone say, "I'm so sorry." Yeah. Because for some reason in humanity, it's so hard to say that. But I think it's really hard to say that in church yeah, too. I, I think it's really easy to um, counsel people through. Life hurts and pains that ma- they don't make sense, but you know what I'm saying, like marriage problems or finance issues or loss of a family member or whatever. Those are all things that I think the church can say, oh, we'll counsel them through it. But for the church to say, I'm so sorry, I hurt mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I think that's still really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Right. It's yeah. just human nature. That's really hard for them to say, oh, I'm so sorry. I hurt you instead of, oh, well they just left and they moved on. Right. right? They could have just dismissed the, all these people that they interviewed of, well, they left, they got away from the, the abuse of power, but to say 10 years ago it happened and I'm still reeling in it. Yes. That shows that we've got to do better. Yeah. I got to do better. Yeah. I agree. So what's been nice as I listened through Mars Hill was Uh, The church that I've been going to now for probably 10 years, nine or 10 years, um, we have two male senior pastors. They uh, have women and encourage women to get up and preach as well, and they welcome them. They speak so kindly and graciously Mm -hmm. about how these women on their team enrich in their lives and the health of our church. And uh, from the severity and difference of Mars Hill to hearing this in my own pastor's has helped my heart feel safe in church. Mm. You know, I love that they they nurture women. They nurture each other. Mm-hmm. You know, to have two male senior pastors not come at a place of ego of mm. I'm preaching, I'm the one doing mm-hmm. this. They're gentle. They're, they're humble. They support each other so beautifully. And so it was joyful to hear, you know, this horrible stuff. That wasn't the joyful part. To hear this horrible <laughs> stuff about it abuse of power um, and a diminishment of women. Mm -hmm. And then to go and rest in Sunday mornings of the graciousness of these other leaders was really, really peaceful as I kind of walked through, you know, my own church hurts. Um, So the church hurt I hadn't processed was I was involved in, um, there was a summer camp that I went to growing up that I absolutely loved. And, uh, you know, you went there for the day. It wasn't mm-hmm. overnight. And um, as I got older, I ended up being a junior counselor and then a counselor in mm-hmm. it. So this was a huge part of my youth and growing up story. Um, after the director, I believe, had been gone, I can't even remember if he suddenly vanished and the new people took over and this is why, or if he had just been gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this came out that there was sexual misconduct. Mm. I believe he had exposed himself um, to a minor. Um, and I do remember 
the, the pain of that, mm-hmm. you know, because this was somebody that was such a big part of your story. We had such a deep love for him, had a deep love for his family going through the pain and the hurt of that and his children. And, um, I had actually really forgotten about that. Mm. Um, and I still so much pain for his family that went through that and for the victims that went through that. Um, I don't even think I can no. I do still have a fondness for that part of my story. Yeah. You know, that he was a part of. I think you can have both. And I think yeah, that's, I think that's when, banned, you talked, right? yeah, when you talked about at the beginning, like that we like found how complex we were and we're not black and white. Life is nuanced. Yeah. And totally. it's messy. And I think that's what's hard about processing hurt in general, let alone church hurt, when you have these people and leaders that mm-hmm. you trust and mm-hmm. um, really bond with, is this feeling of, but they, and, the, and they talk about this in the rise and fall of Mars mm-hmm. Hill, good things mm-hmm. yeah, were happening while abuse was happening at the same totally. time. Yeah. And so I think, um, and I've listened to this when I've um, listened to people healing coming out of cults, is they go back and they say, okay, well, there was something that pulled me in yeah. that wasn't bad. Yeah. Like there was something that was good there. So yeah. let me rest in the good mm-hmm. and heal from the hurt and yeah. the bad. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's where humanity is so nuanced and we want this black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And man, there is so much gray. And that's really what I think this podcast is about too, is, is living in the and yeah, in totally. the gray. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like yeah. coming back to our title, you know? Yeah. That's a good reminder. Like I should be able to have the freedom to say, I still looked upon this man with fondness mm-hmm. and joy for the experience that he helped create in, in the camp. Yeah. You know, this was his thing. This was his vision. Yeah. And there's a fondness and there's a joy in that and be repulsed by the behavior. Absolutely. I think it, you yes. don't have to be a Oh, everything he sucks. sucked. Everything yeah. sucks. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Because she yeah. doesn't take from your experience, but it, it, it doesn't also take from the experience of others that were hurt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just living in the and. Really, I, that's what it comes down to, which is so ironic that this is where this podcast is wrapping up as. Yeah. Living in the and in the gray. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be vulnerable and to talk about life's nuances and complexities, knowing that there is healing, especially through you, Lord, um, and that there is grace to be had, even in those that have done uh, such damage to so many lives in the name, in your name and in the name of um, a church. And so we just pray for anyone who is listening um, that if they have been hurt, Lord, that you will help them to be honest and real and raw and give them true healing and peace. And we just thank you for the opportunity to have these conversations in this openness. Amen. Amen.